Man, if you have your Bibles, would you open up to John 3.16? We know this verse well. I speak tonight on the love of Christ. How great is the love of Christ. Amen. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible, for God so loved that He gave. Love is an incredible thing. Love makes us do crazy things. Romans 5.8 reads, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love is an incredible thing. Love will make one do crazy things. This is how he demonstrated his love to each of us. That while we were still sinners, yet in our sin, Christ died for us. We think of Jesus. He lived for love. Love made him do incredible things. We read how he ministered and reached out. How he walked and how he talked. How he purposed towards the cross so precisely and there out of sheer love for us, with arms stretched wide, surrendered his life that he might have us. The love of Christ is incredible. Love made him do it. You know, something incredible happens in the life of the believer when the love of Christ gets inside of us, when the love of Christ takes over, when the love of Christ compels us and impels us and urges us forward, when the love of Christ commands our life, commands our everything, our interaction with God and our interaction with others. His love makes us do crazy things. And our love for Him makes us do what seems like crazy things. In the eyes of the world, in the eyes of those that don't quite understand, that don't have the love of Christ inside of them, it, it seems absurd. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 15 read, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. 
For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Listen to the text in the Message Bible. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing. We would say amen to that tonight. And that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. That keeps us vigilant, you can be sure. I love that. It's no light thing to know that we'll all one day stand in that place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we do this, but I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. We're not saying this to make ourselves look good to you. We just thought it would make you feel good, proud even, that we're on your side. And not just nice to your face as so many people are. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. This is what love will do to a person. You'd scale a mountain for true love. You'd cross an ocean for true love. You'd face the desert for true love. You'd give your life for true love. Love makes people do crazy things. And how beautiful it is and how right, how right it is. The effect love has on a person. 2 Corinthians 5.14 reads, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. It's the Amplified Bible. It controls and urges and impels us. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, the very spring of our actions, is the love of Christ. All our actions, the totality, the very spring, the love of Christ. The voice reads, you see, the controlling force in our lives is the love of the anointed one. Is that the controlling force in your life tonight? The love of Jesus controlling your life. What is moving us? See, you know what normal living looks like for the believer? If we acted crazy, we did it for God. If we acted overly serious, we did it for you. 
Christ's love has moved us to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. It's a good question to ask ourselves. Am I living what's normal for the believer? Am I living what's normal for the believer? Is the love of Christ controlling me, urging me, impelling me? Because that's what normal living looks like for the believer. Oftentimes we look at that and we think perhaps that's abnormal, out there, reserved for a few or for those that choose. But this is actually what normal Christianity looks like. You showed that kind of kindness to people. Love made me do it. You were that generous. Love made me do it. You lived that holy. Love made me do it. You went to that many church services. Love made me do it. You served the kingdom that faithfully and fully. Love made me do it. You worshiped with that kind of abandon in that undignified manner. Love made me do it. You see, why is it that we are the ones that are always trying to give an explanation, some kind of a, an answer that's going to appease the critics? Why are you living like that? And we try and come up with something, well, it's in the Bible, and it's there, and you know that's what we've done for real. Why do you go to church on Sunday nights? Well, it's because I grew up in a house that went to church Sunday nights, and so I go to church Sunday nights. Why don't we just quit with all the answers and just say love makes me do it? We get caught up in giving people these answers, hoping that it's going to appease their, their ears, or perhaps convince them, to join us. And so we try and get sometimes too spiritual, perhaps, sometimes too, you know, doctrinal. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but we try and we try and come up with these answers that, you know, somehow we're gonna get these people to come Sunday nights, or somehow we're gonna get them to come Mondays, or somehow we're gonna get them to read the Bible, somehow we're gonna get them to tithe, somehow we're gonna get them to quit swearing. Some You live that holy, why? Love. The love of Christ controls me, and my love for him controls me. That's the only answer we need to give people. It's the only answer. You see, some try and put a law on love. And the Bible tells us that against love, there is no law. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The word love here is affection, goodwill, charity, benevolence, 
brotherly love, agape love. Against such, there is no law. And the word law here is anything established of anything whatsoever, the rule of action prescribed by reason. So back to that statement, if I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. I think of that woman in Mark 14 with the alabaster flask and made her way into the house. Had that flask filled with such precious and costly perfume in there. She came and broke the flask and poured it all out on Jesus. And we know the response she received, even from those that should have been on board with the plan. With what was just done for Jesus. This woman wanted to do something great for Jesus. She wanted to show him what he meant to her. She wanted to pour out all she had on him and over him and for him. You see, Christ's Love moved her to this extreme. And love for Christ moved her to this extreme. And when we're in love, we do things that seem crazy in the eyes of others when our action is really just reasonable response. Her action was just reasonable response, but others in the room said, this is absolutely crazy. It seems extreme, in the eyes of others, but in our eyes, it's only sensible. Mark 14, 4, there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? Let's just say that represents our life. Why are you wasting your life going to so many church services? Why are you wasting your life living so precisely? Why are you wasting your life? Really what they're saying is on Jesus when you could be spending your life on self. That's what people are really saying. And the only answer we need to give is it's love. His love is making me do it. My love for him is making me do it. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, what is the point of such wicked waste of perfume? You know, there will always be those that mutter, why this waste? There will always be those that mutter, why this waste? Some look at what a church is trying to do in a city, the glory of God, and utter, why this waste? Look at what a church is spending, why this waste? Look at what people are giving to the kingdom, why? Why? What a waste. Look at time spent on holy things, what a waste. All the channels on TV and you only watch what? What a waste of cable. All the music out there, you only listen to what? What a waste. Yeah, it's love. 
It's not a waste. It's not a waste. Don't let others convince you that it's a waste. Imagine if that woman in that moment been like, I think you're right. And she grabs some other vessel and she's trying to catch the drips as they fall off Jesus. Rebottle some of that costly, precious perfume. Now she was convinced and she knew, I don't care what anybody in this room says, I stand alone in this place tonight. This is not a waste. What if you were the only one in the room and everybody else is saying, why, what a waste, why this sheer waste? It's just you and Jesus, but you know what? It's better you and Jesus than you and everybody else and Jesus over here. But it's like Jesus is in here in physical now, so we get caught up with the people. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble because soon we change position. And we come over here and we buy into the philosophy that, yeah, maybe it is a waste. Maybe I should just tone it down a little bit. I shouldn't break the flask. I shouldn't break my life. I should just gently take the top off and give them a few drops. That's more than enough. You give how much? You know you only need to give 10%, right? Going to that many services doesn't make you more Christian than the next. No, but it might just mean that I'm more in love with Jesus than you are. Love made me do it. Love made me do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 to 13. I still like to hear pages flipping, even though the big Bible's up. You like to hear that? You miss that? It's like an old church thing, but it's so beautiful. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, these are quite the words, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away.
When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. If we have not love, what are we? If it's not love that drives us to these extremes, it's just sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. See, there are a lot of people that are driven to extremes, even in the name of Christianity. But if they have not love, if it's not love that drives us to these extremes, we are nothing. The text actually says if it's not love that drives us to these extremes, it profits us nothing. Those are powerful words. See, sometimes we can get caught up in extremes, but it's not love. It's not the love of Christ compelling us and impelling us and urging us and driving us, and it's not our love for the Lord. It has to be out of love. The spring of all our actions, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done with love. The Amplified reads, let everything you do be done in love, true love to God and man as inspired by God's love for us. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.14, the J.B. Phillips, the very spring of our actions is the love of Christ. The very spring of all our actions. Can we say that tonight? The very spring of all my actions is the love of Christ. If you're like me, you say that desperately hoping so. Checking yourself at the same time. Asking and inviting the Spirit to come and search you. You hope it's so and you pray it's so. Very spring of all actions, the love of Christ. Let's have the worship team return. Man, if we put a law on love, if we've put a law on love, Let's recognize the infraction. Against love, there is no law. Put away childish things. We've grown up. We see the big picture. The love of Christ is inside of us, controlling us and our deep love for him and our desperate love for him is driving us to these extremes. And it's only right. If we're not moved to extremes, let's pine for a revelation of God's love.
that it would inspire us. If we're acting without love, let's acknowledge the clanging. If we are acting crazy for God and if we are acting overly serious for others, if Christ's love is moving us to such extremes, may it never end. You know, at the end of our days, let it be said of us, you live what kind of life? Yeah. Love made me do it. That's all that matters. When we step out of this world into eternity, it doesn't matter what sitcom you watched. Yeah, as Jesus, it does. But you know what I'm saying? These things don't matter. They fall away. But that the love of Christ was the controlling force, that's what matters. I want to challenge us to let the love of Christ inspire us. That we make that our prayer. That the love of Christ would inspire us. All our actions would inspire us. In everything we do, it would be the love of Christ inspiring us. I want to encourage us tonight, even command us tonight, to let the love of Christ inspire us. Because the truth is, a lot of things can and would love to inspire us in life. But there's nothing greater than the love of Christ. The love of money would love to inspire us in life. The love of self. The love of pleasures. The love of so many things. The love of fame. The love of popularity. The love of acceptance. We can go down the list tonight. Those things can inspire us. They they can really control us, can't they? They can control us. They actually urge us on and impel us forward in life and set our course, set a direction for our life if we will let them. But would we let the love of Christ set our course, set our direction? Because it will always lead us right and always lead us perfectly. I pray that when we leave here tonight, that phrase would just ring. Love made me do it. And when voices come and pressures come and people question, we just walk away. Love made me do it. When there's an opportunity to respond to them, love made me do it. Love makes me do it. Don't succumb to the pressure. I know that some here may be from a home that's not predominantly Christian, and so there's a lot of pressures on your life. What a waste. Why are you living like that? And we try and give these crazy theological explanations to people that do not understand the love that we understand. They just don't get it. And we try and give them this long list. We try and write them a paragraph. We try and write them an essay. We try and write them a book. Here, please read it and understand. But they don't understand and they can't understand. For the message of the cross is foolishness, the word says, those that are perishing. But to us, 
It's the power of God and His salvation. We understand that it's everything. We understand the love of Christ. And we understand the deep love we have for Him because of His love. And so to us, it makes perfect sense. Let's just let them know that it's love. Love made me do it. Let's stand tonight. Thank you, Lord.